0: greetings friends fellow citizens and fellow patriots welcome to this week's edition of the we the people convention news and opinion podcast We're recording today on Saturday, February 20th, 2021. And we're so glad that you took your time to join us. We are very appreciative of your support. Uh, I am Tom Zawistowski, the president of the We The People convention. And this podcast is brought to you by the donors to the We The People convention. And we're awful glad that you decided to join us today. If you're new to the program, um we you know we'll tell you that you know you're going to hear things here that you won't hear anywhere else you're going to hear news and opinions and we're going to discuss things that affect all of us we are not just about talk we are about action so you will hear discussions about things that you can do we can do uh, that need to be done to help do what protect and preserve our individual freedom liberty and prosperity and our constitution and our nation that's what this shows about and that's what we talk about and that's the focus of our show so when going through all the news that's out there uh, i'm trying to look for things that you know affect you that you need to know about give you a heads up you know on things that are going to make a difference in your life and then point us in a direction where we can can actually make a difference and so uh, you know, I hope you'll enjoy today's show. I hope you'll tell others about it. And if you're not getting our emails and text messages, please go to wethepeopleconvention.org and right on the front page, just give me your email and your phone number. The reason for the phone number is many of our emails don't get through Google is the big you know, email provider. Gmail, they block a lot of our emails. So we send text messages that have links to our emails so that you can see what we're putting out. And so we try never to abuse that. I got an email uh, a couple of days ago from someone that I really appreciate. She said, you're the only company, you're the only group that I allow to text me because you don't spam me. Whenever you send anything, it's important. I really appreciate that, because that's what I try to do. That is really important to me. Um, When I started as a Tea Party leader 12 years ago here in Portage County, uh, where I'm also the executive director of the Portage County Tea Party, I made a commitment. I told the crowd that day, the first time we ever met, that I will never waste your time, your effort, or your money, because I have too much respect for you, and, and and I wouldn't do that to myself, so why would I do it to you? So, when I, you know, when I do something, you know, I, I do it because it's important and then it will have an effect in your life. It will be positive. It'll be worth doing, okay? And that's the other thing, that, a, a guiding principle for you to know about us is that, you know, I, I learned a long time ago, as angry as we are, you can't fight every fight. And and so, you have to fight the fights that you can win and that are worth winning, And if it doesn't meet those two criteria, move on to another fight. We can't be jousting at windmills. It's too serious. And again, your time, effort, and money is way too important. So let's get on with the show. I hope you'll enjoy what we've got for you today. And obviously, the the most, you know, biggest news of the week was the passing of Rush Limbaugh. Uh, You know, we kind of knew it was coming. I think many of you suspected that. But that sure didn't make it any easier when it actually did come. I sent out a statement uh, when, uh, when, Rush, when it was announced that Rush passed, and um, I'd just like to read that to you because it's, it's, it's pretty short. Uh, Tom Zawistowski, president of the Tea Party-affiliated We the People Convention and executive director of the Porridge Tea Party, expressed a sincere thanks and appreciation of all the members of its organizations to conservative icon Rush Limbaugh, who passed away today after his long battle with cancer. Zawostowski offered sincere condolences to his wife and family and the staff of the EIB radio organization, and all of whom have lost a huge and irreplaceable part of their lives. Zawostowski said, with his passing, Rush Limbaugh has moved on to a place of peace and tranquility after 30 years of working hard to achieve the same for everyone here in this nation that he loved with every fiber in his being. Rush Limbaugh lives on in each and every one of us who learn from him about history and truth and justice and freedom and liberty and caring for each other by sharing the powerful, inclusive message of conservatism that all men and women deserve to be free and are allowed to achieve their own American dream just as he did. Salastowski concluded, Russia has been an an integral part of the daily lives of millions of Americans, and his passing will leave a big hole in those lives. We will miss his voice, his humor, his love of satire, his knowledge. We will miss him, the person who was our friend, even though we never met him in person. We will never forget him or the lessons he taught us. Now it's up to all of us to teach those same lessons to generations to come we are dedicated to that task. His legacy deserves no less and much more from those of us for to whom he gave so much. May he rest in eternal peace. There were certainly tears shed in our household at that news, but we really, you know, believe that, you know, we will continue to share his message and share what he taught us. We were happy to see that Florida Governor uh, DeSantis announced that they will be lowering the flags uh, at, to half-mast in honor of Rush Limbaugh in Florida, which, of course, drove the left insane. And, um, you know, uh, that's okay. He, he's a great American uh, you know there were some great people talking about you know what he meant to America. Mark Levin had a very good point. He said that he was our generation 's thomas Paine. he 's the one that explained you know why we fight, told us you know what conservatism was all about and why it' was worth fighting for and uh we thank him for that and um you know Dennis Prager you know also said something really important about you know Rush Limbaugh and that is that he literally saved AM radio and created this ecosystem the really the only news and information system that conservatives control and that's you know talk radio and now we're going to see how that goes if we can continue to hold on so it was a it was a sad week because of that but but we're also uh you know we understand that Rush will live on in each one of us, and that's your job. That's what we have to do. We have to explain to others, to new generations, what conservatism is and why it's worth fighting for and defending. And I, I know you will do that. And hopefully this show will help you do that by providing knowledge and resources. I also want to you know, reach out to our, our members in Texas and Oklahoma and throughout the Midwest who really got Hurt badly by the the winter ice storm, the historic storm that went through Texas and uh, Oklahoma and into other parts of you know Missouri and other parts of the Midwest. We have literally probably ten thousand members of our uh, organization in Texas, thousands in Oklahoma, Missouri, and uh, we know you were suffering and and we were worried about you. We talked to some of you, uh, and it's it's really interesting to to think about you know that. Everything in our country is so politicized, and that's really what 's so bad about our country you know there aren't there aren't people who are true public servants and, and the media is the worst of all because all it is is how do we take advantage of the situation to hurt someone to hurt the other side in the meantime, people are dying and and so you know our side. You know, was very focused and I don't know how you felt about it. I was literally stunned when I watched Tucker Carlson and he said that Texas gets 25% of its power from wind turbines. I had no idea of that. I I mean, I literally had no idea and was stunned because they are the oil and gas capital of the United States. They got more oil and gas than you can, you know, shake a stick at. And yes, those wind turbines in the storm, they froze up in the ice they weren't turning they contributed greatly to the the power outages that literally caused dozens of people to die freezing to death cuz there was no heat in their homes they didn't have water they couldn't pump the water out of their wells and and so it was a tragedy the left came back and said oh it wasn't the you know renewables it wasn't the renewables it was you know it was the you know mismanagement of the grid that was true as well the, you know, the, Texas, for those of you who don't know, the entire United States is on a grid that's interconnected. Here in Ohio, the energy we produce gets shipped to New Jersey, okay? It gets shipped all over the place. But in in Texas, they're the only state in the union that has their own power grid. And the people who run that grossly mismanage that. And so it wasn't just the wind and solar that failed, though it failed miserably. And, and it is not arguable that, you know, that this is a clear indication of why you can't go 100% renewable energy. You just can't. And, and so I hope you were picking up on those stories. But I also want you to know that we caused this. This is a man-made disaster. Why did Texas, with all the oil and gas, the cheapest oil and gas you can have, why would they have all these turbines? Because you and I paid for them. Because the Obama administration and, and you know basically passed laws, and, and, and I had a really good article that I read that I did not understand. Look at your electric bill. Electric bills in the United States have gone up sixteen percent in the last like six or seven years, but energy costs are down like sixteen percent because of oil and gas it's become more and more efficient and easier to get out of the ground. If it's cheaper for oil and gas, and we saw that in our, in our gas stations for our gasoline for our cars, right? Down to two bucks a gallon. How come your electric bill is so high? You know why? Because look at your bill. There's three main components. The first is, uh, you, know, uh, the, you know, getting the, the oil and gas out of the ground, okay? So getting the, the energy, That's one third of your bill. The second thing is transporting that energy to you. So that's transmission, okay? The third part of your bill is taxes on those of us who use oil and gas to pay for these stupid windmills that didn't work. You and I, a third of our bill. The reason our electric bills are all up is because the government is forcing us to pay for technology that isn't ready for prime time. This is what's wrong with America because we don't let markets decide, okay? This is what's wrong. And government intervenes and, and it costs us all. It killed people. And that's why this Green New Deal, they don't know what they're talking about. They don't have any understanding of what just happened in Texas. And they don't care because it's the climate nonsense is not about energy. It's not about saving the planet Earth. Not at all. Planet Earth doesn't need saving. Our CO2 footprint in the United States is down like 12% over the last four years. The only country in the world that's down. But they want to take away our oil and gas and fracking. Joe Biden just ordered to end fracking on federal lands, federally owned lands, which pays money to the government to help cut our taxes and reduce our debt. No, no, no. We don't want that. Why? Not because it's smart. Because they want power over you. They want to control you. That's the lesson from Texas. Now, again, bureaucrats mismanaged it. That whole board down there is going to get fired. All right. But to have 25% of your energy coming from a, a resource that is not reliable is ignorant. And that's what they want for all of America. And the left was running like crazy. You know, OAC, they called out there, CNN, MSNBC, all those idiots were out there talking about how, oh, no, 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 it wasn't the fault of the the wind turbines and the solar that failed. 91% of it failed. No, 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 no. That wasn't the problem. That's a good thing. Don't believe the lies. Investigate for yourself. Read more on that story. But that's the bottom line that should have never happened. On to the next story. I had told you that on February 19th, which was yesterday, that we were awaiting some big decisions by the U.S. Supreme Court about which cases involving the election fraud they were going to take. And, you know, everyone was expecting it. Here's a, a, a graphic from, you know, uh... Jim Hoff's gateway pundit, it says, happening today, Supreme Court set to consider whether Trump voter fraud cases in Pennsylvania, Georgia, and Michigan can proceed. What happened? I don't know. There was no news. Maybe we'll hear it today. Today's January the 20th. But I'm pretty sure they're looking at those cases, but no news. So I was disappointed by that. Again, as I said last week, we're really hoping the Supreme case Court takes on the Pennsylvania case and finally makes it crystal clear that the Constitution says only the legislators, legislatures in the states can make the rules for voting. That's all we're asking. Just read the bloody Constitution and apply it. I have lots of friends who are very doubtful, and that's, that's why we're in a situation we're in because our, our Supreme Court did not defend our Constitution. And now we're going to see what happens. But be, in that same topic, we've been watching what's going on in Maricopa County, Arizona, because the state Senate there has been wanting to do a forensic audit of the ballots and of the voting machines. And the Maricopa County Board of Elections has been fighting them. So they just had a vote I believe it was Friday the 19th, where the Arizona Senate passed a new bill that strengthens its ability to do such an audit. The bill amends a portion of the Arizona statute such that county election equipment, systems and records, and other important information that is under the control of county personnel may not be deemed privileged information, confidential information, or other information protected from disclosure. It also subjects such records to a subpoena and stipulates that they must be produced and the legislator's authority to conduct related pros may not be infringed by any other law. The rule change is to be retroactive to December 31st, 2019, okay, uh, meaning it would apply to records that were from this uh, November's election. State Senator Warren uh, Peterson, a Republican, introduced a bill amid a battle between Republican state uh, Senate leaders and the Maricopa County officials over the attempt by GOP centers to audit the 2020 election. So they haven't gotten on them yet, audit them yet, but the state Senate in Arizona, is continuing to fight the fight, that's important. We've said all along, one of the things that has to happen is we have to prove the fraud. We have to prove it. This is one place where we have a chance to do that, and we'll see if they can continue and get done, okay? Other big story this week that you were aware of, but I'm going to put a little different spin on some of these things. The FBI and DOJ are investigating um, Governor Cuomo from New York State and his administration for his policies involving nursing homes during the COVID outbreak and the pandemic, okay? This is really important, but what I want you to focus on is how the left is turning on their own. This is the New York Democratic Governor Cuomo, who Joe Biden called him the gold standard of the way governors were handling handling the pandemic right and the covid outbreak that where every media group talked about what a great job he was doing they gave him uh, and an, was it an emmy or some you know, stupid award for for doing such a great job his actions is now known killed like 15,000 people he was taking seniors who were in the hospital diagnosed with covid and sending them back to nursing homes where they infected other people who died. He had the Javits Center. He had the big medical ship that Trump did an amazing job, and his staff and his team to get ready to go to New York Harbor that sat empty. He could have sent those people there. He didn't do it because of politics. He killed people because of politics. But what I want you to look at is how quickly the left is turning on him, and they're gonna eat their own. This is the lesson. The cancel culture will get you, all of you, sooner or later. Don't give in. Tell the truth. But it's just insane that you know that this guy was their hero and champion, and now I hope he goes to jail. He's he's absolutely incompetent. And and he and his decision not only did he do it. He covered it up. So they're looking, the New York Democrats are calling for him to resign and all that. Good. He deserves it. But this is what should be happening. And I hope you saw this story. Didn't get much coverage. Montana's governor, his name is Gainfort, says he will lift the mask mandates this week, which he did do. Now, I want to you know tell you that he joined Iowa and North Dakota and other states that recently said no more masks, okay? But he did something, and this is a new governor, and he ran against the old governor because they were they had been so egregious on their mask mandates and social distancing mandates. So he ran for governor, and now he's keeping his promise. But this is the one thing he did that's everyone's forgotten about. And I know there's tens of thousands of you who are new to this podcast, so you weren't with me last summer when I talked about how President Trump, when they were doing these st- these stimulus bills, quote unquote, the COVID stimulus bills, that the Democrats kept taking out of it liability coverage to protect businesses and schools and churches from being sued by someone saying, I got COVID because you didn't take enough precautions. See, that's what our problem is. You say to yourself, why are these restaurants and these grocery stores and and everybody you know, making people wear masks. And why are they enforcing these laws? Because they have liability. And the only way to avoid liability is to be able to say, look, here's what the governor said I had to do. We did all these things. You can't sue us. That's their defense. If Trump would have gotten liability, in other words, you cannot sue anyone for getting COVID because it's all over the place. You can't directly say, I got it because I touched the fork at your restaurant. Prove it. They needed to give them liability coverage. Guess what they did in Montana, right? Montana Governor Greg Gianfort said Wednesday he will lift the statewide mask uh, mandate this coming Friday, fulfilling a pledge he made, you know, in the election. Uh, and he said the announcements came at signing ceremony for Senate Bill 65, which is intended to check the first box. By protecting businesses, nonprofits, churches, and healthcare providers from most lawsuits over people catching the virus on their premises. See, now if I'm if I'm at a, a business, I'm I say I sanitize, I wash my stuff. You know, we're, we're taking precautions, but you're responsible if you get COVID. I'm not, and the law gives me coverage. Now they said. You know, it says, if you're taking reasonable and responsible precautions to protect your employees, your members, your customers from COVID, you shouldn't have to worry about unnecessary litigation. At the same time, this bill doesn't give anyone a free pass and makes clear that Montanans are protected from bad actors, okay? So again, you can't be egregious. You can't not do anything, but it turns it back to the people can now decide if they want to go to your place or not, if they think it's safe or not. This is the smart stuff that we should have been doing all along. And again, it's Republican governors doing it, not blue states. They're the ones who are hurting their people to gain power because they want control. I wanted to just mention something else that said... Um, Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds recently listed all virus restrictions, including social distancing, limits on capacity in restaurants, gathering sizes, and mass requirements, citing an 80% drop in cases and hospitalizations since last fall. We need to make sure that we're doing everything that we can to protect Iowans, especially our most vulnerable, but I also have to balance economies that support the individuals that are trying to sustain a business or to sustain their livelihood. That was really, really important. And the other important news came out, uh, with this guy from Johns Hopkins University. Uh, the United States will achieve herd immunity in its fight against COVID-19 by April, much sooner than most health officials want to admit, Dr. Marty McCurry, at Johns Hopkins University health policy expert and surgeon, argues in an opinion piece in the Wall Street Journal. I think most scientists are well-intentioned, Markey said on Fox News. I have had personal conversations who said don't put this out there in public? People might not get the vaccine or might stop taking precautions. However, he added, we have to be honest. There is a 77 percent reduction in daily cases over the last six weeks. You, as a scientist, have to ask why. We cannot explain that by vaccinating uh, by vaccinating immunity. We can't explain it by a sudden change in behavior. It is natural immunity, and it's now over 50 percent of the population. This article, Mark, explained that antibody studies almost certainly undermine natural immunity because they don't capture antigen-specific T-cells, which develop memory once they are activated by the virus. So this is the point of contention that I want to make. They're all pushing for get the vaccine, get the vaccine, get the vaccine. We're seeing people going blind from taking the vaccine. Not a couple people, like 31 people in Britain went blind from taking the Pfizer vaccine. What I didn't understand is this week I saw stories, and maybe you did too, of seniors, people who are 80 years old in Iowa and other states who had had COVID, had recovered. They gave them the vaccine and they died that day or within days. Why are we giving the vaccine to people that already had COVID and recovered? They would have antibodies. This is what's so wrong with all this. And this is why we got to think twice. I don't want to take the vaccine. I don't need to take a vaccine. I'm I'm 65. Yeah, I'm in the high risk group, but I don't have comorbidities. So I don't need to take this step and I'm going to be better off with getting the real virus because it will help me develop these T cells that will protect me against other strains. They are literally trying to tell you now that If you had COVID and got over it and survived it, you still need to take a vaccine. And then they're telling you that if you take the vaccine, you're still going to have to social distance and wear a mask. Well, what's the point in taking a vaccine then? But you can't hear this discussion on social media and in the the regular media because they just, they're blacking it out. It's outrageous. But use your common sense. Listen, there is over a 1% bad reaction rate to these vaccines, okay? But there's only less than a quarter of 1% or half of 1% that you'll die from the disease. The vaccines, you should be more afraid of them than you are of the virus. And this whole idea, and we'll talk about the schools a little later, of children not going to school until every teacher is vaccinated, it's just hokum it's nonsense the studies are clear every kid should be back in school yeah why aren't they teachers union we'll get to them in just a minute coming up let me tell you let me do a couple more uh, stories here before we take a break okay this was you know certainly something that you know just really makes me angry once again this week joe biden had a town hall that could only be described as pathetic okay And in his town hall, he went out of his way to, again, unfairly attack our police and military by basically saying they are the white nationalists, the white supremacists. Listen to this. President Biden said Tuesday that some of the men and women once charged with protecting Americans at home and abroad are responsible for the growth of white supremacy groups. Biden falsely made the claim while appearing in a CNN town hall in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. During the session, he asked Joel Berkowitz, he was asked by a professor of foreign languages, you know, about ongoing threats to our country from Americans who embrace white supremacy and conspiracies that align with it. What can your administration do to address this complex and wide-ranging problem? Number one, this is a professor from a university at a CNN town hall. That question was planted. No one would ask that question with a brain. Only a libertard would ask that question. Biden said it is complex. It is wide-ranging and real. You may. I got involved in politics to be a because of civil rights and opposition to the white supremacists, the Ku Klux Klan. Yeah, the Democratic Ku Klux Klan. The Democrat-funded Ku Klux Klan, Joe Biden, Okay whose record on civil rights was denounced during his presidential campaign by Vice President Kamala Harris while she was competing for the presidential nomination, right? So you got the guy who supported the clam, who's now saying our military and police are white supremacists. And the most dangerous people in America continue to exist. That is the greatest threat to terror in America, domestic terror, said Biden, despite the fact, On wethepeopleconvention.org, you can see the story that shows that the FBI, with all their resources, in 2020, when all this white supremacy was supposed to be going on, and domestic terrorism, which is Antifa and BLM, not us, okay, they could only find 183 domestic terrorists they could prosecute in all of 2020. 183. Those aren't white supremacists. That's radical Islamists. That's, you know, all kinds of environmental terrorists, BLM, all of them, 183. So Biden repeated his promise to focus on white supremacists. So I would make sure that my Justice Department and Civil Rights Division is focused heavily on those very folks. And I would make sure that we, in fact, focus on how to deal with the rise of white supremacy. Bullcrap. He's a liar. Biden then pointed the finger at former service members and law enforcement officers. And you see what's happening and the studies that are beginning to be done, maybe at your university as well, about the impact of former military police, uh, former police officers and the growth of white supremacy in some groups. He then repeated his allegation that members of some far-right groups are demented. That's the guy who's the president of the United States, who's a racist and a bigot, okay? And who hates our military and our police. Yeah. And so he just sits there right up there with another guy who's a liar and a criminal. And that's James Comey. James Comey was exposed this week because an email that he wrote to James Clapper when Comey was the FBI director, the day that he signed the FISA warrant, the FISA court warrant to be able to investigate Carter Page as a Russian spy so they could spy on the Trump campaign, that day where he sa- he swore in the affidavit to the FISA court that this guy's a Russian spy, he wrote an email that day to Jim Clapper, who was the head of the CIA at the time, I believe, saying we have investigated this and have found no evidence that he is a Russian spy. Yeah. So when's Jim Comey going to go to jail? When's the Durham investigation going to happen? You can't get caught any More breaking the law than that. He signed as the head of the FBI a very serious document to the FISA court and his own email proved he lied. Until these guys go to jail, we don't have a country. There's no rule of law. And that's what we're fighting to reestablish. And that's what we'll talk about after this break when we come back and talk about things that can be done, should be done, that you can do. You're listening to the We the People Convention News and Opinion Podcast, and my name is Tom Zawistowski. The We the People Convention News and Opinion Radio Program is paid for by donors like you. You can donate to the We the People Convention and support our cause by going to wethepeopleconvention.org or by sending your check in any amount to We the People Convention P.O. Box 6211 Akron, Ohio, 44312. All right, and we are back, and we thank you for being with us, uh, and we thank all of you who donate to the We The People convention. It's your donations that allow us to do some of the things that we do uh, to help fight the fight, and uh, you know, without your donations, we, you know, we wouldn't have that ability. So thank you so much to all of you. If you'd like to donate, you just saw how to do that, okay? So I mentioned the teachers' unions, and and I've talked to you before about the fact that we cannot just play defense, we have to go on offense. So this segment, I'm going to kind of put together a bunch of things. So there were a bunch of articles this week, because what's going on, folks? This kids are not in school because the teachers unions won't go back. It's that simple. And so shame on the teachers unions, because literally they are public enemy number one. The teachers' unions are the ones who have undermined our culture. They are indoctrinated in college. They go into your schools. They are total leftists, okay? And if you saw Tucker Carlson's story this week, if you didn't, go at Fox News videos and look at his story on Thursday night, might have been Friday night, it was Friday the 19th, where he talks about the garbage that they're teaching in your schools to your kids, to fifth graders, to first graders. About how they live on stolen land and how because they're white they're bad. Okay? And and they're teaching the Black Lives Matter nonsense, and it's disgusting. They are they are injecting the cancer that is destroying our nation uh you know through our schools, and we need to defeat them. Okay? These people are so pathetic that you may have seen it on TV because it was actually disgusting. An entire California school board resigned on Friday after mocking parents who wanted school to reopen. These clowns were on a Zoom call This that basically, you know, they thought was was private and it was open to the public. And on this Zoom call, the board of education members were mocking the parents for coming, for saying they want to go back to school. The board apparently believed their meeting was private as they were seen belittling parents, ups, up, upset that schools remain closed. This is the Oakley Union School District. And the superintendent had the guts, the, the nerve to say that, he, he, you know, this doesn't, you know, reflect who we are. These comments are not typical. And more importantly, they are not what the community should expect from our school district. He said, adding that he would work on rebuilding trust. There is no trust. These people despise you. These people hate your children, okay? So they're on a Zoom call and they are literally trashing the parents because they want to get their kids in school. The one guy said, "Yeah, you know what's really going on here? My uh, my uh, one of my relatives had a marijuana distribution company, and the reason the parents don't want their kids at school is because they don't they can't smoke dope when their kids are home. Literally, this moron literally said that." This is public enemy number one. And I talked to you last week about the fact that we in the Tea Party have never went to work to vote down a renewal tax levy. Meaning when we're paying a tax to fund our schools and it has to be renewed after four years or five years or whatever it is. We've never gone after that. We've gone after additional taxes, but we've never gone after renewals, okay? We think it's time now to do that. I asked you to call your school district and I'm asking you again, write them an email, write to the superintendent and ask these questions. Are you teaching any of the 1619 project in our school system? Are you teaching any Black Lives Matter curriculum? Is there any evidence of Black Lives Matter anywhere in our school system? Have any of our teachers been forced to read or have they read a book like White Fragility? Look that up. You'll find out what a disgusting thing that is. If they say yes, you write back and say, if you do not remove those from the school immediately, we will organize to defund you. We will literally organize to vote down whatever levies come up. That will get their attention. That's what we've got to do. But we're going to go even further than that, okay? This was a really interesting story, which I'm sure you didn't see because no one would want you to see it. Why aren't school districts giving taxpayers their money back. This was in the Washington Examiner. In Naperville, Illinois, the school board announced it would distribute $10 million back to taxpayers this this year. Yes, a tax refund. In a news release, Superintendent Dan Bridges told residents that he understands the great burden many of our families have faced during the COVID pandemic and hopes that this reimbursement lessens the burden. The typical family in Naperville, Illinois, will receive a refund of $200 to $500. Good for Naperville, Illinois. The 10-month pandemic shutdown generated a savings of roughly $20 million, or about 6.5% out of the $300 million school budget, the Naperville Sun reported. The district's expenses are down for everything from transportation, utilities, staffing needs, and so on. And it's they've just been it's just been cheaper to operate since the doors aren't open. So why aren't school districts in the whole rest of the country doing the same thing? They're not doing the same thing. Joe Biden and his his union bought and paid for administration is saying, oh, we've got to get more money to the schools. They can't open safely if we don't throw another $100 billion at schools. It's a shakedown. It's a theft of your money. So maybe you should write to your school board and say, as a taxpayer, I would like to know how much money was not spent this school year on, on, you know, buses and cafeteria and stuff like that. And I would like you to give a refund. Why not? And you can send them that article, right? It's worth it. So let me tell you about a conversation I had this week. With uh, my friends from uh, Tony Perkins Family Research Council, uh, J.C. Church, Pastor J.C. Church here in Ohio is a national spokesperson for FRC, and uh, you know is a right-hand man to Tony Perkins. Bob McEwen, uh, former congressman from Ohio, is on their board, and I and we were all talking about the big question that you and I are all talking about: what do we do to defend our freedom, our liberty? Our, our prosperity how what is the th- acts we should be doing, so we're all considering different things, and I've talked to you about different things we're going to talk about some more things in a minute, but they said, and I thought this was really smart, they said, we are telling our pastors across the country that we can't fix what's going on in Washington right now, so we need to think local, you need to own your community and he said. We're telling our pastors to look at their school boards because that's where the cancer is coming. That's where they're injecting the homosexual and the transgender gender fluidity, all that Marxist garbage, you know, into our schools, into our culture, right? That's where they're attacking religious freedom. He said, they both said, look at your school board. You can win those school board seats with some places for six, 700, 800 votes, a thousand votes. You can make a difference if the schools and the churches focused. If the churches focused on school board races, we could take over the school boards. And they said, once we do, we can stop the 1619 project. We can put in the 1776 project. We can, you know, we can stop the Black Lives Matter Marxist agenda that's trying to ruin the, the, the you know, the family structure. That's what they say. Black Lives Matter website. Their goal is to destroy the family structure. Okay. They're communists. I said, that's great. But you got to go the next step. And as I said to you earlier in the segment, it's not good enough to just play defense. You can't just stop them from injecting this stuff. The reason we are where we are, and if you read that Time Magazine article that I talked about last week, which they basically admit how they stole the election, the teachers' union and their money was right up front. That That's how they stole it. The teachers' unions, they don't care about your kids. They don't care about your school. They don't care about your community. And you know what? They don't care about teachers. And you say, oh, Tom, how can you say that? I'll tell you how I can say that. First of all, Remember, I told you 96% of all union members have never had a chance to vote on which union represents them. 96%. Second of all, I'll tell you when I sat across from the union in the school district in my area, I said to them, if your union cares so much about you, why don't they protect your rights in the classroom? And they said, what do you mean? I said, What's wrong with education is the teacher isn't the king or queen of her classroom. If I was the teacher's union, I would be fighting for a thing like a castle law. If you don't know what a castle law is, a castle law is a, uh, a law that allows you to defend your house, your castle from an invader. If anyone comes in your door, you can shoot them with your gun because it's your castle and you don't have to know what their intentions are. Whereas before, you'd have to run away. You'd have to let them ransack your house. The castle laws allowed you to defend your house. A castle law for teachers would say, the minute you walk through the door of my classroom, I am the king or the queen. You do what I say or you get the hell out. Do you realize what better education we'd have if teachers had that ability? Why is the union doing that? Because they don't give a damn about teachers. All they want is to take their money. Okay? And teachers are just mush. There's not, there's not a spine among them. I've met millions of them. They're indoctrinated leftists who wouldn't know up from down if their life depended on it. Now, back to my point. It's great that pastors and you in your church need to focus on school board. Yes, you need to win the school board seats, but then we need to go on offense. We need to defund our enemies. The teachers union is the biggest enemy of liberty in our country. Okay? There is no law that says any school district has to have a union representing their teachers. Now, teachers, by law, are are, you know they are guaranteed the right for collective bargaining. They can start a union, but you don't have to sign a contract with that union. If you take over the school boards, you need to put the target on the people that need it. You need to say, we will not fund the evil teachers unions who are bringing this garbage into our schools, who are indoctrinating our kids with values that we don't hold, who are attacking our form of government, who support Marxists and communists. We will not have them in our schools. Therefore, we will hire all teachers a la carte, one-on-one as at-will employees, just like you and I are. Just like you and I are. Most of us, our whole lives, if we work for somebody and they decide they don't like us anymore, they can fire us like that. Try doing that with a teacher. We need to be able to do that with a teacher. We need to get rid of tenure. We need to get rid of all this nonsense because for all the crying you hear from your teachers about, oh, they're so poorly paid. It's garbage in my community where I'm right here talking to you right now, the average household income in our community is less than $30,000 a year. It's not a rich place. The teachers want to go on strike when they're making an average of $46,000 a year. Ah, ah. That's what they'll tell you. Oh, we only make $46,000 a year. Except if you look closer, what you will see is that you're paying another $27,000 in benefits. You're paying $20,000 a year for their health care. They're all making 75 grand and they want to go and strike. And you know what? If you ask a teacher that, they don't even, they can't even tell you that because I did. I asked teachers, how much do you make a year? They'd say, oh, $46,000 a year. I said, no, no, no. You make what I pay you. As a taxpayer, I have to pay you. What do I pay you a year? They literally told me they didn't know. That's how dumb they are. Okay? We need to drive the teachers' unions out of every single one of our school districts. You will cut costs dramatically. Look at the charter schools. Their costs are like 30% less than the public schools. And you will clean up your classrooms and you will get teachers who actually can teach and you should give them the right to teach. If they're good teachers, they should be able to decide what to teach. They shouldn't be a bunch of dumb drones that are told what to say and what to do. That's what you got now. It's communism. That's what you got now. I'm asking FRC and I told them this. You got to make it a campaign. We are going to drive the communist teachers' unions out of our schools and out of our communities. Now, they'll go on strike. Big deal. What they've been doing this whole year, go on strike. While you and your husband were going to work at the grocery store or the gas station or or in your cleaning business or you were at the auto parts store where you were an essential worker all during this pandemic, quote-unquote, to take care of the teachers and their families, right? to make sure they had food and gasoline and services. You did that. They won't even walk into the classroom to teach your kids. That's what cowards they are. They were going on vacations and you were paying them the whole time for not teaching. This is how we fight back. This is what we do. Are you going to do it? I'm going to start putting more materials together To help you, this is war. In war, you can't just play defense. You got to play offense. So let me transition to this important story. I just posted this this morning. So if you haven't gone to wethepeopleconvention.org, go there and read this story. It's an important story. The CEO of Gab. Gab is a social media company that's competing with with, uh, Facebook and Twitter and those guys, okay? He's a Christian, Okay. And his name is Andrew Torbas, And this is a story from a publication, which I'm not that familiar with, it's called CD Media. Okay. And they they interviewed him and they actually talked about an interview he did on uh, Steve Bannon's War Room. Okay. And if you're not watching Steve Bannon's War Room, it's, it's pandemic, pandemic.warroom.com every day uh, at uh, 10 o'clock in the morning. I think it is until noon. Okay. Great stuff from Steve Bannon, though he's not always right. I'm going to talk to you about that in a second. So this guy, they said, everyone's always asking them, you know, what now? uh, We know the election fraud happened, but what can we do about it? He said, so we received an email this morning from the CEO of Gab.com, a free speech social media network, and below are his wise words that tell you what you can do to fight back after the coup. And here's what he said. The problem with American populist movement is that it was centralized. Centralized movements give the enemy a central attack vector to target and overcome. One man who took on the weight of the world became the sole focus of both the enemy and the American populist movement itself for over five years. The oligarchs removed that one man from the entire internet, then they removed him from office. Everyone knows this. We all watched it happen. What no one has clearly defined is where American populism goes from here. The oligarchs believe that they have destroyed American populism by rigging an election, removing the movement's leader from public view, and by forcing everyone to stay locked up inside for a year while the country burns down all around us. They think they have won and want to define new normal under their rule as they consolidate power. What they don't realize is that they have recruited tens of millions of Americans to the side of reason, light, and truth. Many millions of these people didn't even vote for Donald Trump, but they recognize what is happening to our country and want to stop it. Over the course of the past year, I've seen comments across the internet become increasingly red-pilled and aware of the big lies being pushed by the corporate media and frauds in government. It turns out that keeping people locked inside on the internet for an entire year ends up illuminating a lot of minds, right? unintended consequences stay in your home, stay locked down, use the internet yeah the people are learning what the real problem is it's the global the globalist oligarchs that's what it is not any one politician, not this political party or that one. the entire system is corrupt right you've heard that from me you're going to hear more from me coming up not this political party not anyone. The banks, the tech companies, the media companies, schools, government, and on and on are all corrupt. We must exit this broken and failing system and start building a new one immediately. We are not revolutionaries. We are not violent. We are reformers. We are builders. When we up and leave the existing system in favor of our own, the existing system will crumble without lifting a finger. Now, there's a quote from Buckminster Fuller that I want you to really think about. You never change things by fighting the existing reality. To change something, build a new model that makes the existing model obsolete. Creative destruction. The Uber destroyed the taxi business. The corrupt taxi monopolies that were run by corrupt politicians in big cities. Uber destroyed them with creative destruction, right? The way around centralized problems in, in the movement is to decentralize American populism at the local level. In order to take our country back and move forward with the American populist movement, we must first take our local communities back. Here are several examples of this happening across this, is the country. We must build our own economy. Here's how. Pull your positions out of the useless stock market and buy Bitcoin, gold, silver, food stores, and ammo. Bitcoin is free speech money. Learn what it is and how to use it. Do it now. I cannot give you, you know, uh, financial advice. I'm not a financial professional. He's saying, get your money out of the stock market because Wall Street is our enemies. We have moved my family. I have moved all of our stuff out of the stock market. You can decide what you want to do. That's one of his suggestions national elections are a big distraction. Members of Congress are bought and sold like cattle by the oligarchs, foreign nations, and whoever has the money. Instead, center your focus on getting American populace and Christian men and women elected mayor or to state legislators or as judges or school boards, right? Cut the cable cord. That includes both Fox and CNN. Do not watch it. Do something else with your time and money, like read a book. Support alternative media outlets and individuals. Get the garbage Marxist indoctrination content machine out of our homes and away from your family. Exit the big tech mind prison. Join Gab, Gab gab.com. is his social media platform. I'm on it. You can go there and join. If your church has gone woke, leave it. We have room for only one gospel in Christian churches, and that's the gospel of Jesus Christ, not the imitation false gospel of social justice. Leave big banks for local community banks. I'm going to consider doing that. I, I think that's a good suggestion. Leave big banks for community banks. Support, this supporting small local shops. We do that, but you have to work at it. Create pro-family, pro-business, and pro-law and order policies for your local area. We can't control D.C., but we can control what happens in our own backyards. That's what I'm talking to you about, about these cable charters that allow the cable companies to put their wires in our communities. You know, can we do something to stop the censorship using that legal process? Pull your kids out of public school where their minds are being molded at the altar of Marxism. Do everything and anything you can to homeschool or attend Christian private schools or online schooling programs. We just talked about that. Let's not run away from our schools. Let's take back our schools by taking over the school boards and throwing the unions and the communists out. Pay attention to the brands you buy and support. Check out their websites and marketing. If they are woke, stop giving them your money, period. Be careful how you spend your money. We must also work to unite American populace on the, on the left and the right. What unites the left and right-wing populists and Americans in general is Jesus Christ. The transhumanist nihilists and their technology and their technocracy are offering nothing of spiritual value. The gospel message of Jesus Christ and that of American populism is one of redemption, hope, love, dominion, sovereignty, freedom, and forgiveness. None of these things are possible with critical theory or woke consumer crony capitalism paired with corporate corporate techno tyranny. What are you waiting for? Let's get to work. We have a new economy to build. I thought that was pretty good. Right. And you can go to we the people and you can read this story and share it with friends. All right. I thought he did a great job. Now, there's a guy that you may have seen on TV. He was on the pandemic war room and he was on Newsmax. And then I got my Epic Times newspaper yesterday, and his picture was on there with a giant story. And it says, Conservatives flock to grassroots GOP positions to push party reform. This guy's name is Dan Schultz. I know Dan Schultz very well. I've been friends with Dan for at least eight of the 12 years I've been involved with the Tea Party. Dan Schultz played a big role in convincing me in Ohio to try to do what he's suggesting, reform the Republican Party. And his whole thing is that we need to run for county central committee and take over our county parties, and then run for state central committee, and take over our state central committee, and then we can pick who we elect, and we can fix the Republican Party. We did that. It doesn't work. Dan's wrong, and I'm really sorry. And Dan, if you see this, I love you, brother. But if this works, how come Arizona, where you're at, is such a freaking mess? If this works, how did Donald Trump and the senators... All the Senators in Arizona both lose in a red state. How did John McCain and Sidney McCain own you? If your plan works, where if we run for county Central Committee and state Central Committee, we'll control the Republican Party. You can't, because there is no Republican party and there is no Democrat party. They're not political parties. They are mafias. Literally. I mean it. It's real simple. They don't represent you at all. They could care less about you. The Republican, quote-unquote, party exists for one purpose, to sell your vote, the people's vote, to the highest bidder. That's what they do. If you took over the Republican Party, there would be nothing there. It would be an empty building, and more important, an empty building bank account that's a fact we have a situation here in ohio for those who from around the country i'll use this as an example there's a woman named jane timkin jane timkin is a, the wife of uh, uh, tim timkin the Timken family in ohio has been funding republicans since like taft in the 1940s and 30s whatever okay They're the biggest donors to Republicans in the history of the Republican Party. Jane Timpkin became the chairman of the Ohio Republican Party because we, the Tea Party, got her the vote to make her chairman on one promise. One promise. And we have her on video saying, as chairman, I will not endorse in Republican primaries. It's simple, right, folks? If you're a Republican... The primary is where anyone can run and you can pick who you think is best and then they run in the general against the Democrat and the Independents, Libertarians, whatever. Except it never happens. It's always rigged. They they bribe people. They push people out. They bully people. Okay? And so you never get to pick the person you want because it's all about money. So Jane Timken... Just decided to step down after just being reelected in January. Why? Because Rob Portman, our senator, announced he was not going to run again in 2022 for reelection. Now, having been around the block more than once, I heard this a year ago. A year ago, I was told Rob Portman's going to step down and Jane Timkins will be the next senator. Shazam! Look what's going on. So, what's happening? She's not going to be the party chairman. So all of a sudden, a guy named Bob Paduchek, who himself is a fraud, was Portman's campaign manager. He's a rhino who's lied to Trump about how Trump won Ohio, okay, to, make, to, to, to ingratiate himself and make himself a boatload of money. He's now going to be the chairman, okay? I've been through this before. I ran to be chairman of the Ohio Republican Party years ago, because they said the same thing to me. There's only one person running for chairman because nobody wants the job. Yeah, right. Nobody wants a job that pays like $120,000 a year to lead the Republican Party. So they're trying to pull the same stunt, right? So a guy named John Becker calls me yesterday. Great guy. Former House member, true conservative. They've tried to destroy him, but they can't. He called me to tell me he's going to run to be chairman against this Bob Padujic guy, okay? I said, John, you can't win a rigged game. He goes, I know. He goes, but I'll bloody him up a little bit in the process. I'll call them out for what they are. Because I'm telling all of you, and I'm telling Dan Schultz, what happened to us is when we, when we started to take over the county central committees in Ohio, they used to be two-year terms, OK, so you and your precinct, your little 500 house precinct around you, you could run on the ballot, OK, to be in a central committee and you would serve a two-year term. When we decide that we would start to do that, yeah, the Republicans all change that to a four-year term. So you'd have to wait four years to replace somebody. Then when they have meetings, they always have the meeting before the meeting. So what's going on right now is all 66 Ohio State Central Committee members are being called by Bob Paduchik. And Jane Tipkin and Mike DeWine's surrogates basically making a deal. Your son will get a job with the attorney general's office. You'll get, you know, some, your business will get this contract. Or the other side is, if you don't vote for Bob Paduchik, your son's going to lose their job. Or you're not going to get that job you're applying for. Because these people are generally your political people. They're running for the party, you know, uh, central committee. It's a rigged game. You can't win a rigged game. What did, what did the guy just say? You know, I just quoted you in the Gab story. What did uh, Buckminster Fuller say? You never change things by fighting the existing reality. To change something, build a new model that makes the existing model obsolete. So I put out a, a piece this week that said a new Gallup poll says 62% of adults now say that a third party is needed. 62% interest in third party politics. uh, A third political party is intensifying and now has reached an unprecedented level of approval, according to a new Gallup poll. Americans' appetite for a third party has never been greater and Gallup's nearly two decades of polling on the subject. And now a majority of Republicans are joining the usual majority of independents in wanting that option. 62% of U.S. adults say the parties do such a poor job representing the American people that the third party is needed. An increase of 57% in September, he said. The survey found that 63% of Republicans, 70% of independents, and 46% of Democrats support the creation of a third party. That represents a dramatic shift. No kidding. But here's their point. It says... Because of the dysfunction, because the parties do such a poor job, they think a new party is needed. That's where we're wrong. We don't need a third party because guess what? We don't have any parties now. They're mafias. This Democratic Party, you think your vote counts? You think they care about you? Look at the executive orders that Joe Biden just passed. All of them. All of them hurt the people who supposedly voted for him. The black vote, right? You think these people pouring over the borders aren't going to take jobs from blacks? The energy rulings. You think that's not going to raise everyone's gas prices and electric prices and heating prices? Who does that hurt most? Poor people, Hispanics. You think the Hispanics on the border, and we talked about it earlier, that these people... Um, many of them supported Trump because they saw his border wall and his his ice changes were working. Joe Biden's destroying all that. He hates the people who voted for him. There are no political parties. That's why we don't need to reform the Republican Party because there isn't one. You know what we need? We need to reinvent the political party. That's what we need to do. If you go back about three podcasts ago, when I talk about what's wrong and why you and I have no representation, you'll find out what I mean. You can reinvent the whole concept of political parties and take the money away from the oligarchs. Last week, I talked to you. I said, our problem isn't government because there's no one we can elect that can fix this because our problem is the big money that bought our government. How do you fix that? I think I know how. And next week, we'll talk more in depth about that. Because these aren't political parties, and you sure as heck don't want it. You don't want to reform the Republican Party. You want to leave the Republican Party. And Donald Trump needs to lead the reinvention of the political party, not just for America, but for the rest of the world. And we're going to talk about that perhaps next week. But I want you to be clear, That Dan Schultz is getting this publicity, and they're saying lots of people are running to, you know, flocking to the the party to reform it. It's a fool's errand. You can't reform it. It's corrupt. The only way to win a corrupt game is to not play and make them play your game. Let me repeat that. The only way to win a rigged game is to not play and force them to play your game. Last thing, because I think this is important. You may not know this. In Australia, they have been standing up to Google and Facebook like nobody have ever seen. The Australian government basically is joining France and other governments and pushing Google and and Facebook and other internet giants to pay up. This might channel more more money to a news industry that is currently cutting uh, coverage as revenue shrinks, but it also sets up a class clash with some of tech's biggest industry names. Basically what they're doing is they're saying to Google and Facebook, if you use news content, if you allow the posting of Australian news content on Facebook, if you show it in the Google searches, you have to pay those news outlets a portion of the money you make for using their news uh, information. Google said, we're going to cut the continent of Australia off. We're not going to let you use our search engines at all. Facebook said the same thing. The prime minister of Australia said, you don't make the rules here. You don't tell Australians what to do. We're the government. You will do what we say. And Google blinked. Google has now signed deals with Murdoch's Sky News, I think it's called, down there, and is negotiating with other news agencies, okay? And Facebook blocked all the news content from Facebook from Australia. Guess what that's going to do to Facebook? Make people go to places like Gab and Parlor, right? This is how you stand up and fight back. While we are the source of this evil, In America, while the woke communist Marxist left, anti-American left, is destroying our technology, the rest of the world is seeing what's happening and they're starting to defend it. They're starting to fight against it. Poland has passed laws that are very powerful. I mean, like, if you deplatform someone in Poland, they will fine you like $10 million. France is going to do the same thing. Mexico, and we're going to encourage them to do so because it doesn't matter if we're stupid, right? Or if our politicians get bought by these people, we that doesn't mean they're going to survive. If the rest of the world starts shutting them off, what's going to happen to their stock prices? What's going to happen to their revenue? Guess what? Twitter just laid off like 20% of their workforce. It's working. Get off. Fight back. Don't take it. Australia. Hats off, mates. Good job. Let's let the rest of the world follow. Okay? All right. I'm going to wrap it up. I can't thank you enough for for listening. I hope you found it informative. I hope there's some information here you didn't get anywhere else. You know, please tell other people about this. Please share it. We're available on uh, iTunes. We're on, on YouTube. We're on we're on Rumble now. Uh, you know, you, you can get it on our website, org. Please send me your comments and story ideas and information at info at wethepeopleconvention.org. The stories today, many of them came from you, right? I listened to you. This is our show. So info at org. write to us. Make sure you sign up to get our emails and text messages. Go to wethepeopleconvention.org, right on the front page, you know, fill it out. It's important, okay? But most of all, remember, it ain't over till we say it's over. We are nowhere near defeated. <laughs> to quote Oliver Hazard Perry, we've just begun the fight, okay? We're now a lot smarter. We understand we have to be truthful about our situation. It ain't good, but it ain't something we, we can't overcome. That's Americans. We, are, we find solutions. We solve problems. We fight for freedom and liberty and prosperity. That's what you've got to be dedicated to do. Start with your school boards. Start organizing. Start your church organizing. Let's destroy the teachers' unions and cut off their funding so they can't elect people like Joe Biden anymore or any of these other people who call themselves Democrats, Socialists, but are really communists. Okay? All right, we're going to wrap it up. You've been listening to the We the People Convention News and Opinion Podcast, and my name is Tom Zawistowski. And I'm sure glad you tuned in. Have a great week and we'll talk to you soon.